Hey, Rachel. Hello, Brian. So how was your week? I mean, no disrespect to the people who lost their lives in Chernobyl, but (laughs) you know how there were those men who were forced to go up on the roof of the reactor and throw bits of radioactive graphite into like a pit? Yeah, they were like sacrificed, basically. Yeah, they had like 90 seconds to do it or they would die of... Radiation poisoning. We're, we're not laughing and at this. <laughs> there's like that one poor guy who's like already on this like really shitty mission, and to make it worse, he gets his boot stuck in like a crevasse Let while me he's guess, up there. That was you. That's how I feel this week. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 We're gonna shut this all down and more. This is this week in Nope, the podcast where we shut it down. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, uh, we haven't had a guest in a while, but boy, are we back in full force We this really week. are. We have the best guests. We have a very special one today, Lauren Meckling. She's a friend and former colleague. She's a contributing editor at Vogue. Bup, bup. Up. And an obsessive listener. Uh, oh, that's show. all that counts. That's the only thing on your resume that we care about. That's all I care about. <laughs> well, yesterday marked the debut of Lauren's new novel, How Could She? And it's wonderful. And it's on everybody's must read list this summer. Even Busy Phillips, our finest living. Who was photographed book holding book? it yeah. backwards. <laughs> well, you know, she can't do everything She was so enwrapped with reading right. it that she didn't even know which way was up. Or... Right. She wasn't thinking about the promotional aspect. She was just thinking about the narrative. Reading. The narrative. Yeah. She was engrossed. So we'll talk more about the book later. But in the meantime, Lauren's going to join us for all the nopes. And welcome to, to Nope. Thank, Thank you, you for being here. I'm so happy to be here. But we have an elf in the room, don't we? We haven't had one in a while. We've been like veering off into personal stories, but we're back to we're politics. Back. We're back to an elephant in the room. There are things we can't ignore. We can't ignore. So the debates, the Democratic debates start tonight. Can you guys believe this is already happening? Now, on the one hand, I can't believe it's already happening. On the, on the other hand, I can't believe it's been so long because I feel like it's already gone on for an entire election cycle. And here we are at the beginning. Yes, I know. It's felt like an, just an election, a never-ending election no, cycle. No, we haven't recovered, have we? No. No. We're still we're traumatized still by in, the last like one. a fugue state. But so it's, <laughs> unfortunately, it's not looking great. There are 24 people running for the Democratic nomination in 2020. And just about everyone you can imagine has thrown their hat into the ring. And it turns out, just like everyone is running, everybody is moderating these debates. That's right. That's right. They just released this information today, right? Yes. There's going to be five moderators. (laughs) So it's Lester Holt, Savannah Guthrie, Rachel Maddow, Jose Diaz-Balart, and Chuck Todd. So this is in the interest of diversity, I'm yes. guessing, right? Yes. Okay, there's a, problem. there's a diversity problem right away is that they're all from NBC. I know! Better, we need network diversity. We do. We do need network diversity. This is a... This is... Where's Barbara Walters <laughs> all this? <laughs> exactly. Where's... um? What's his name? Wolf Blitzer. Chris Matthews? Chris, Chris Cuomo? They're nowhere to be found. <laughs> I know. But listen, we don't need all these... All we need is Rachel Maddow. She is the queen. All we need is her with her, like, incredibly stylish outfit and then wearing pajamas and loafer and like slippers which she does on the show right yeah it's like um a mullet mm. of outfits it's like <laughs> business on top bedtime on the bottom she brings like 
fashion week to MSNBC every night and she's all we need. I don't understand. Nobody would complain if they just said Rachel Maddow is moderating. That's right. That's all we need. That's all we need in life. That's all we need. So so this is what's going to happen. Lester Holt will moderate the first hour with Guthrie and Diaz Ballard appearing alongside him. And then Holt will also appear in the second hour with Todd and Maddow moderating. It's the first and second hour of the first night. Yes. Okay. So, so they have to split shift. This. They have to split shift. And why does Rachel Maddow it's like they only work at the get... gap? <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> like, can I pick up after yeah. extra shifts? I need to make yeah. some extra money. <laughs> Nobody Savannah puts a baby needs in the a little corner. Extra bo- <laughs> <laughs> Are there like infinite permutations? Is like each moderator going to have to ask each person a question? In which case, it's like five factorial. They said something. They should do like- it by height. They should. That's the way the you should organize photo. your closet, according to Mary Kondo as well. Oh, so. oh really? By height? Let's By spark height. some joy. Let's you spark know? some joy in, the, in this otherwise joyless primary. But I'm interested to see, are any of these second or third tier candidates going to actually like break out somehow? Because this stuff does happen. No one expected Pete Buttigieg to break out the way he has. I wonder if there's another Like Swalwell and Hickenlooper. <laughs> Like there's too many candidates, too many moderators, and too many syllables. I think we need I, to pre-screen these people for who might conceivably be good national ticket. Yeah. For example, okay, I'm not saying it's, but tr- say what you want about Trump, Pence, right? There's one syllables you can say it like in one breath. Trump, Pence. It's very catchy. It's very catchy. Imagine if there was Hickenlooper Buddha Judge. <laughs> no, ticket. I don't care. That would not win. No. It can't fit. It's Disqualified. Like, it's like five lines. You couldn't have like a rectangular poster you would have to have like a it would have to go the other way it's just a losing ticket no matter what the content right there would be is. like hyphens would like hicken loop <laughs> judge just stop it now <laughs> no, just, just stop now you should like winnow each other there should be like hunger games it let's is. just do it like hunger games i think we should choose the moderators and then there should be the loser moderators who do the the other loser politicians right pair right? the losers with yeah, the and losers then and just... the winners with the winners and if somebody comes out like from the loser gang, great. Then they you can, earn your way right. up to the top, and then the worst of the winners makes their way down to the losers next time. Like a bracket. It's like it's like March Madness. <laughs> That's what they should do. Okay, so call us DNC. <laughs> we know how to run it's this free thing advice. better than you. Okay, no, okay, just no. shut this debate down. I'll watch it. Watch. Oh, you We're watch it watch already it with great interest. But this is a giant clusterfuck, and I just the Democrats cannot get out of their own way. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And then Marianne Williamson, who the Fuck Who is the that? Fuck is, that? is that like Oprah's spiritual guy? <laughs> <laughs> Eckhart Tolle? <laughs> I, I can't. I just okay. I shut it no, down. Shut no, shut this down. No. no. Okay, Rachel. I. That's enough politics for today. What else do you have? Well, people are growing horns. <laughs> <laughs> Of course they are. As a result of this if debate, yeah. aren't bad enough. That is well. That's a way to uh, differentiate yourself among the Democratic field. If someone <laughs> had horns, they would get the attention. They would win. Um, <laughs> Basically. So I mean, people may or may not be growing horns. Okay. So the internet went bananas this week after there were reports that researchers discovered that young people are growing horn-like spikes. <laughs> At the back of their skulls as a result of smartphone usage. I thought it was a welcome development from Text Neck, 
which yeah. is so dreary. But then horns makes people into these mythical creatures. Yeah, like I a know. satyr. <laughs> right. Or like, like a terrible like stereotype of Jews and, from the Middle Ages. Or at least like it creates some sort of like balancing device. Like maybe you could put a book on it or like like well, I really do think that, something onto no, it. No, evolution like, evolution I, reacts yeah. to these things. There's some word for that. Like we're in uh, evolution. You're a science person. You've studied science in college. Where like evolution reacts to like environmental changes and like behavioral changes. So maybe like it's got to be like the way we use our bodies is fundamentally different now from the way it was even 10 years ago. Our heads are always down. I think we probably need another set of fingers. We need to have six fingers because Hmm. one of the key things in like simian evolution was the evolution of opposable thumbs, right? right? And we basically no longer have opposable thumbs because our thumbs are busy on the phone. Our thumbs are too big. We need opposable thumbs that are like We need an extra one set of millimeter. smaller thumbs. God, we, I didn't realize how inconvenient we are. Our thumbs need thumbs. That's right. That's right. Yes. Or That's such a great idea. Or we need to adapt. What we need to do is grow a like pole out of the back of our neck that, and a string. Yeah. So it's like when a horse follows a carrot to like keep it moving forward and we can dangle can the, phone the phone in front, in front, front of, of ours it? and then we can have full use of our oh, hands. It's like, like that Google Glass. It's like, yeah, yeah. but everyone is talking about like implanting nanotechnology into your body, wearables and things like that. No, we should just be growing extra appendages. Extra like bone structure. (laughs) (laughs) Why mess with what you have? We have bones. Let's just grow more of them. Let's (laughs) just more of that. So let me tell you what's going on here because it's very controversial. So there were these researchers at the University of the Sunshine Coast, a very reputable institution of higher learning. In Australia. And so they documented the prevalence of these bone spurs in a peer-reviewed journal called Scientific Papers. And here's what they said. The bone spurs are caused by the forward tilt of the head, which shifts weight from the spine to the muscles at the back of the head, causing bone growth in the connecting tendons and ligaments. The result is a hook or horn-like feature jutting out from the skull just above the neck. Okay. That's terrifying. It's terrifying. (laughs) And I I was very compelled by it. I actually had my hair cut today and I asked the woman why my hair if she could feel anything in the back of my head i was oh, hoping really? that she would say there was some interesting topography she, <laughs> she said it was it was depressing i had another smooth. issue i yeah. went to the sorry not to divert here too much but i went to the dermatologist this week like we did the like annual body check and i felt like a little like cyst under my ribs and i'm like is this anything and he's like oh no that's just your a floating rib and I'm like, oh. how do I'm like I have a floating rib? Like, did it detach or did I grow it or something? No, it's just a thing. Like your bottom ribs are somehow attached to something else and they're floating. And I thought Is it only in men is it like a the biblical thing? It's like an Adam's rib? Yeah, or maybe. A, yeah, Adam's apple? No, I think it's just the way your ribs are attached. Some doctor, uh, you know, Natalie, call us. Like Okay, <laughs> okay. Natalie. Anyway, please. that's my rib Tell story. Us what's going on. <laughs> okay, but so like you know, it's no wonder that everybody went crazy about this news. But the problem is that the researchers are not as impartial as it would seem, uh, as so often is the case. Interest. They're conflicted. They're conflicted. So the Washington Post had to update its story about the horns after there was a public outcry. The researchers are this chiropractor named David Shahar and Mark Sayers, who is an associate professor at Sunshine Coast. And Dr. Shahar happens to also have a business called Dr. Posture, which is an <laughs> online retailer of thoracic pillows. Okay, so the journal that they published the research in requires the authors to declare any potential conflicts of interest, and they said they had none. Oh. 
So basically, we should this, discredit everything they say. Yes, he like has a everything financial else, interest in in horns. He's peddling <laughs> anti-horn pillows. Yes, yes, it's a scheme to sell pillows by fear mongering. Grifter nation. It's, Grifter it, nation it, it infiltrates everything now, including our horns. <laughs> uh, but it's obscuring the real issue, Brian, which you were talking about, which is that technology probably is remolding our skeletons and changing our bodies in ways we can't possibly imagine. How could imagine. it be otherwise? How it can't. <laughs> I would like to grow wings. That would be amazing. That would be on my amazing. iPhone usage. Yeah, because like Uber with traffic and Uber, like it's the ultimate killer Uber yeah, app. Yeah, like, my own app. Right. Right. Yeah. That would be something that would entail like your survival of the fittest, you know, like you would pass if that survival of wings, the fittest. You, you could survive traffic and all the people who have to endure the stress of traffic have lo- shorter lifespans because of that. Yeah, you could and survive the anything. wings survive. Yes, then they will pass that characteristic on to their offspring and soon everyone will have wings. There you go. There you go. You're welcome, world. <laughs> we've, solved, we've solved evolution. No, 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 shut, no, shut it down. No, no. no. No well, horns. if you thought horns were scary and troubling, our guest Lauren has another thing that is causing all sorts of anxiety in the world today. Lauren, you want to describe this to us? I do. I do. It's the corridor, which apparently the is- The corridor, like a like hallway a, corridor. A hallway. Apparently, we are living in a hallway of horrors for <laughs> a moment. We I are. didn't learn this until my husband- turned 50, and for his present, received a subscription to the Financial Times, oh. which is the perfect 50-year... Well, yeah, it's like you graduated from regular yes, newspapers and to onto the pink, pink one. newspapers. Yes. Agreed. And but not the New York Observer, the defunct New York no, Observer. No, that salmon is... <laughs> yes, that's sailed, or, up the, has swam up the stream. <laughs> however, according to the first edition of the FT that I received, there is a headline on the front page of the very important House of, and Home section... <laughs> Which was, it's, it just says, the long way, why we are terrified of corridors. Oh. And I thought, I didn't realize about that fear, but I'm fascinated. And I actually, I, I jumped in and I would call it the greatest deep dive into the, the history of hallways. <laughs> and it turns out that the hallway is this poor, it's this endangered species. It turns out we've just been knocking them down for the past few decades. Is it because of like the open plan home? The, yes, the the open plan home, the open plan office. We all apparently everyone just has to be sitting on each other's laps, and there's this fear of rooms and passageways Michael into Bloomberg them. Is to is to blame also because he was the one who knocked down every all the <sighs> offices in Gracie Mansion and and City Hall and just sat in a cube. Well, listen, so the corridor wasn't around until the 1700s, and really? it was a very prominent fixture of the British household, and people got so crazy that there was actually a member of the aristocracy who was the corridor king, and I... The corridor king? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a title. Here. The most extreme example of this mania for corridors was at Welbeck Abbey. Between 1854 and 1879, the eccentric fifth duke of portland built miles of brick lined and paved tunnels under his house and grounds and on it goes and the victorians went nuts for them but now as you think about it people just wanted like knock down walls well, yeah. Is, yeah bring this everyone together it's a long corridor i think that's what we love about it it's got this big open space in the front but then there's like a long corridor that separates the private spaces from the public space well this article asked a really important question yes if the present seems anti-corotic, what <laughs> wait, of the future? Wait, is, that the, is that the adjectival form of corridor? 
I suppose. I'm not, a, grama- I'm not, not like a grammarian. Cara- it's not like your carotid artery. It's a no. C O R R I D I C. Okay. Yeah, but we a- have entered an anti carotic age. Wow. I just feel like the FT needs to calm down. This is not <laughs> a problem that anybody has. You know what? Like, I, I no. dated actually culturally, I dated to The Shining. Remember in of The course. Shining, there's of like course. the two twin crazy course, girls yeah. and, the, and uh, the boy, Danny, going on the big mm. wheels. Down the, that no. was terrifying. I think for all of us of that age, I think that's what implanted the fear of corridors. I think. Do, do they talk about The Shining in this? Of article? course, they have okay. a beautiful oh. picture of The Shining. Mean, oh, this is okay. a multi-page spread looking at the history of the corridor, but it's very poignant. And I was completely convinced that the corridor needs a little more respect. Okay. So you're in favor of quarters, and you're a nope to the haters of the quarters. I'm a nope to Bring the back... anti-carotic terror. All right. Yes. Bring back the corridor. Bring back the corridor. <laughs> no, no haters. Find something better to hate. Hate Trump. Hate something <laughs> that matters. Don't hate a fucking hallway. Don't hate on hallways. They're amazing. Hallways <laughs> <laughs> are the best. They're the best non-room in the house. Look, Although have you ever sat in a... We don't know. What? Is it a room? Is it not a room? We don't know. It's neither fish nor fowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that people in an open room with everyone, no one's speaking to so there was on Slack, sort of oh, right. awkwardly speaking. Oh, that's right. You speaking. could be in a big room and everyone's no one's talking to each yeah. other. Yeah, in a but in a corridor space, people have privacy and they speak in interesting ways. Yes, they do. Corridors I think the create the breakdown of meaning. Western society. Is, okay, no, <laughs> shut this down. No, no, no. no. Speaking of institutions that are breaking down, crumbling around our feet, um, I am going to take us across the Atlantic to an island in the Arct- above the Arctic Circle of Norway called Somarui. There's like rolls off the tongue. <laughs> I go there regularly. Yes. Yes. Well, you're um, part Canadian, right? Or Canadian? Yes. All right. Yeah. There's a book. Uh, That's actually my next Toronto, novel. right? Canadian, right? right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Canada, Somewhere. Norway, they <laughs> yeah. all have shit above the Arctic Circle. So maybe you'll relate mm-hmm. to this a little bit. This is an island that has sixty-nine days of light continuous, which happens when you're that far north. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no night from May eighteenth to July sixteenth. So, so we would confusing. Be, it would be endless. Like I went mm-hmm. to Alaska in July, and like we had to have blackout curtains, and like you're out. You're out for dinner, and like before you know it, it's 2 a.m., and you didn't know. Yeah. Like you're just wandering around. So they have decided that they are going time free. Okay. They are getting rid of what they call conventional timekeeping, and they have started a Let's Stop Time campaign that has enormous support in the community. Um, and the Tourism Bureau mm-hmm. has been, you know, supporting this. They say there is no place where we have more time than in the north of Norway, to which I would say there is an equal amount of time everywhere. Okay. Oh, they're just a downer. Right, right, this okay. is one thing, and that is unenforceable. <laughs> what are they going to do? Like, prevent people from wearing watches? Well, I want to know how no, no, people no, meet no. up with each other. How do they make okay. plans? Okay, they well, they're all, already done? living by this. So <laughs> a guy named... Whatever. Ove Vedding. You are the worst at pronouncing foreign names. Like, what if they're just... born? You don't have a birthday? They said there's, there's constantly daylight and we act accordingly. In the middle of the night, when city folks might call 2 a.m., you can spot children playing soccer, people painting their houses or mowing their lawns, or teens going for a swim. It sounds delightful. What could possibly so go, go wrong? wrong? Okay. So the question is, how to practically does this work? Like, you want to make plans with a friend to, like, meet right. at some point. Like, right. when do you want to 
of meat. I don't know. You say, I don't know. They have a solution to that. They say to like, so there's like a bar, like when's the bar open? When does it close? When's the last call? They say, well, to, what is when in this world? When? That's right. More existentially. <laughs> yes. What does when mean? Yeah, out the window. Right. When? <laughs> so they say to determine the bar, in this case, the bar, the bar's opening hours. And for a hotel, the guests check in and check out times. Um, hotel employees would have to use their expertise in judging the time of day by the sun's position, or they could go by the tides. So could you imagine? Meet you call me down, you're like, when is, you're like, when is checkout time? And they're like, hold on, let me go to the beach <laughs> and see where the tides are. So when has been supplanted by where? Yes, where? It's actually very like it's rooting you in the in the physical world yes. at a time that we've been increasingly detached from the surroundings around us. This is a great way to bind us to the earth that gives us life. But it is. But remember that guy in in the Netherlands who was suing because he wanted to be younger than his actual age. Right. He did, wanted to determine his old his own age because age is a construct. It's so a social construct. How do you determine your age if you live in this place? Can you just go there and become ageless? Does it have any physiological effect? I think they on the attach body? themselves to like the daily cycle because they can measure the tides and the sun. They just don't uh, want to have like a hour of the day. They don't want to be tied down by typical constraints. But you, they, they have to ban time-producing technology if they are going. Like, can they block? Like they can't make watches. They can't have clocks. <laughs> they can't. You can't. You can't know. You can't have sundials. No. Even no. You have to like. You know, look what happens up if at you own a swatch? Would you get taken to no, jail? Yes. Yes. It'll be confiscated. <laughs> okay. No. I mean, I'm starting to like this idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did just have the, the equinox, the longest day of the year. It was delightful. It really it's was. nice to have that. We yeah. have Manhattan Henge, when we can tell the day by like the sun going down through the streets and avenues. So what's the name of this town again? Oh, you're, <laughs> you're setting me up here. Som- Somaroi. Somaroi. Call us. <laughs> yeah. We would love to Not come to Not a terrible idea, but we have better ways to better ways to execute on this plan. No, just no. This is not the way to do this. No, okay, no, shut, shut it down. down. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, no connection here. Totally new topic. Um, you know, we all wonder. Well, we don't really use a dating. Oh, you met Josh through a dating app, right? I did through, through um, J Date. No, not oh. J-Date. Through the New York Observer Personals. Oh, oh wait, we should like go the back. Old school. We're sorry, that's New like, York Observer. That wasn't even online, was it? It was online, yeah. But it wasn't a swiping one. No, no. This was like before dinosaurs have... roamed the earth. Were there, po- were there boxes where you put okay. notes like, in? Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, there's all these dating apps, and we suspect they use algorithms behind the scenes, but we don't really know. It's really obscured from us. Um, but there's a new UK-based dating app called Once. Okay. Um, and they, too, use an algorithm to match people up. But unlike all the others, they are transparent. So they show you what your rating is. And it's one through five, and it's algorithmically based on the strength of your photos. But right. who's the one who chooses? Is it like a computer it's a, it's or a, a human? Well, th- I think the computer actually like starts you somewhere based on analyzing your photo, but then it's quote unquote merit based. So based on like you try, like if you're a two, they'll challenge you like against some threes. And if you get tractions on the threes, then you move up to a three oh my God, and you can okay. actually try on fours. If the fours don't do it, then you're just capped at the three because you're obviously a three. This is the Trumpiest thing. So ever. you can like graduate. Based on like right, if you match with the hottie, you'll move up exactly. So um, the CEO of this terrible company, Gene Mayer, said, "No, really hot, right? (laughs) The hottest. I want to see a picture of Gene Mayer." (laughs) 
<laughs> said, okay. Knowing one's rank in the dating world can help users target more realistic matches rather than having them sort through potentials they have no shot with or no interest in. This is total bullshit. There are all sorts of matches all over the world with people who are hideous and beautiful. <laughs> That's yeah. right. By what standards? By what standards? Right. What yeah. about the inner what about inner beauty? About you cannot tell inner beauty by a photo. But also, yeah. how often do you see a couple where they're equally matched in terms of beauty? Never. 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 No. Okay. No. And and but she's totally I don't know if it's she or he, Jean or Jean. Right. Um, <laughs> that would be like number one in the like rank. Well, there are one. There are one. Doesn't matter. Okay. So but he or she is totally gaslighting us because then they say um, we are disclosing the rate of how your pictures are perceived. It doesn't mean you're ugly or you're beautiful. It only reflects one attribute, one attribute of who you are. No, no, it does not. It reflects the like superficial reaction to your photograph, which is by definition if people find you hot or not. Right, and also humans design algorithms, so there's going to be judgments made on like what is considered to be beautiful and what is not, and it's definitely going to be racist or sexist, <laughs> or it's just going to be. Completely in a. This is just the worst idea I've ever heard. And also, if you're the type of person who's going to even go on this dating app in the first you're place, you're going to be hot. You know what? You're going to have the confidence because you think you're hot. You're going to think you're and hot, all but it's going to do it's going to be it's going to be hot people and like drive it's down sociopaths, their self It's really. sociopaths, right, but right? Look, I think all the people who rate fives according to computers deserve each other. They deserve yes. each other. It's yes. going to weed out and they're the actually ones probably. Oh. Yeah, Barely. This Point is like fours. Patrick Bateman from American this Psycho. This is wonderful. They're all going to be together. Good. Rope yes. them in a room. Lock them in a room. Let them rate each other. Fuck each other. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and like procreate and like and produce more monsters. More monsters. Okay. So no. What's it called? Once. No. Once. Shut this down. You're in the UK. Stay there. There. No one's that good looking. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. No. No. Shut this down. However, sometimes. As happens, uh, these uh, things result in love matches. In a real love match, like like what happened to me. And That's Josh, right. Yeah. Um, so, Lauren, you're a married lady. Yes, and I met somebody on Facebook who oh. I married. Really? Yes. Which is and not he, a dating app. It's just... Not a dating app. And he does not like to tell people that, or he has his own story. Okay. We, his own, he, well, he's entitled we, to his own narrative. <laughs> I mean, his narrative's true. We knew who each other was, but he... You know, started a Facebook account and asked me out on a date on oh, Facebook. But that's so, like what Hinge is, right? Doesn't Hinge like connect you through social media like people you know you know? We don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. We're all been yeah. married for a hundred years. Don't ask okay. Us. In any okay. Event, yeah. So okay. yeah, sometimes so, there's love. So my Rachel. point is you've experienced a wedding. And <laughs> what would you do if your mother in law showed up to your wedding in a wedding dress? I know that I should be pissed off. But I think what I would really do is realize that wedding dresses suck and mother-in-laws <laughs> should be the ones who wear them. They really should. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's I a well, good didn't take. expect that hot take. Well, let's talk about the story that okay, we're discussing. So there's this author based in Ohio. Her name is Amy Penza. And she posted a photo this week of herself at her own wedding. And she's next to another woman who was also wearing a wedding dress. Yes, you already gave away the punchline. Who is the woman who was also in the wedding dress? And she dress? tweeted, my mother-in-law wore a wedding dress to my wedding. So yeah, top that one, Twitter. Hashtag wedding fail. And there was a little bit of confusion. And then somebody on Twitter, they said, referring to the mother-in-law's hairdo, 
The updo removes all plausible deniability. She was definitely trying to one-up her daughter-in-law. Yes, yes. The up, it was all in the updo. <laughs> More than the <laughs> wedding like Sonya, dress. It's all the updo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously this tweet went viral and people were very confused. And Amy was interviewed by all these media outlets. But her explanations for this behavior were very unsatisfying. It was so bizarre, though. Like, But she it, had lots of wedding adjacent. Her mother-in-law had lots of wedding adjacent events to go to like that, that, that summer yes. like she was <laughs> actually getting married herself that day and didn't have time to change was, that would be <laughs> the only reasonable excuse but that was not the case okay so what was the case <laughs> so amy said in this interview with the huffington post that nobody not even her mother-in-law is sure why this happened <laughs> no but then she said she believes it's her mother-in-law's Love of a good deal. Yes. It drove the ill-informed shopping. So it's like decision. Trump. He couldn't turn down a good he deal. He couldn't turn. She yeah. couldn't turn On down the rack a good of deal. Marshall's this <laughs> white Marshall, gown. Max. But still, like there had to have been a lot of good deals. So she, the mother-in-law was at Dillard's and she saw a wedding at dress Dillard's. and it fit and she felt good in it. So she's like, "I'll wear this to my son's wedding." But what do you think? Because I think wedding gowns can be a little eh. And a little overpriced, and the mother-in-law wedding attire can be really terrible. I feel like mother-in-laws wear these glitzy tuxedoes or these dresses that are—they're just. Well, to be fair, she's not just a mother-in-law; she's just a mother-in-law to the to the bride. She's the mother to the groom. Yeah, right. Yes. So is there a different standard? Well, I think we should just give the mother of the groom and the bride. We should let them wear those—you know—the whole American should... princess yes. wedding gown. And then, you know, the brides can wear something cool. The brides should wear a pantsuit. Like pant a pantsuit. <laughs> yeah, a jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, yes, I want the full Hillary. <laughs> I do, too. I think you should get married in the full Hillary. So I think this is, maybe this is a brilliant idea, but I just think the <laughs> explanation was kind of a nope. She said that, so a year ago, we talked about this on the podcast. Amy says, a year ago, IHOP did this marketing stunt where they said they were changing their name to IHOB, International House of Burgers. Yes, very cool. And, well. <laughs> and, and when the story broke, Amy's mother-in-law went to IHOP, a place where she never goes, and bought a gift card with $10 on it because she thought that one day the old logo would be worth money. So a collector's item. So, she, so she's yeah, not right. always absent-minded. So she's, right. So she's she's, she's, has she's planning ahead. <laughs> so she's, a, she she's like playing three-dimensional chess she, with she, IHOP. <laughs> she isn't. But the, like the like, reason for... What does that for, have to do with anything? Exactly. It was that she's such a bargain hunter. She's always on the lookout. So when she spotted this wedding dress, she couldn't not... Have you could buy it, but you don't have to wear it to your kid's wedding. <laughs> wear it in the dark. Wear it in the dark. No. <laughs> right, change no, into can we it late this? at night when everybody's drunk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shut this down. No, no. it'd be like an outfit change, like a share concert. No, just no. Like Amy, you're night. a writer. Please come up with a better explanation for <laughs> no, why this happened. No. no. Okay. Um, last topic for me. Uh, so we all hear about the millennials. This is kind of also about – I think they call them millennials, but they're usually talking about Gen Zs too. Like they're always complaining despite the fact that there are – you know, no jo- there's too much – too many jobs and not enough labor. They're always complaining. They're whining. There's no good jobs for me. I want to – you know, and they want a promotion after six months and a raise after six months. And they all work so hard to apply to these jobs that they may or may not be qualified for. They do everything right and then finally they get an offer, the offer they've been waiting for. They get the offer and then there's a trend. What do they do? They actually ghost the company that's made them the offer. After accepting the offer? Or no, just no, 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 no. They they, they, they've worked all it. this hard. They've gone through 15 interviews. They get the job offer and then they don't answer. That seems like a lot of work for no 
payoff. <laughs> right, right. But a lot and of it, allure and, and that you're creating for yourself. They're saying yeah. that this generation is mm. basically used to breaking up with people from tech with text messages, and they have no way how to interact with people like in socially delicate situations, which is uncomfortable to turn down a job offer or to take it or anything like that. So they're now training college graduates how to decline a job offer. God, I wish I had that problem when I graduated from college. Um, so it's it's a very specialized skill. So here's an example. This was in the Wall Street Journal. They did a great job diving deep in this. So there's a headhunter called Brian Binky, and he recruited a construction manager. And um, this guy that they recruited and accepted the job, he failed to show up for his first day on the job. I'm quoting right from the journal here. The recruiter called the guy's home, and he heard from someone claiming to be his uncle that he had died unexpectedly. <gasps> the, the guy who got the job, who was supposed to show up for the new job, died? died unexpectedly. Now, the recruiter um, later learned that the man was actually alive and he <gasps> just didn't want to face the managers he was abandoning. He had taken some other job. What about the uncle? Was the uncle really him? Was it like Donald Trump and right. his like, spokesman? Right, and, the, and the, the recruiter saying he ended up staying with his current employer, I guess, who had counteroffered, but he didn't have the guts to say so. It was a lot easier to pretend to die. Yes, death <laughs> is so convenient. Nothing awkward about that. The problem is you can only use that excuse once. once with, well, with one employee. Well, you have a big and family. Right. right. Yeah. He's, leave, he's leaving a trail of corpses behind him. <laughs> Although I have to say, I once, once in um, in high school, I was offered a job to play piano. I was a piano player. I, I was offered a job to like be a piano player for some show, and I didn't want to do it. I told her. <laughs> I told her that I had to move to Nebraska for this. <laughs> For the summer. Why? <laughs> and yet, where were you spending the I summer? The oh. home. I was like the li- and then, like it was in my town. Like I would see these people around, <laughs> and they were like, like "What are you doing?" <laughs> also, like some Long Island Jews going to Nebraska to visit his family. <laughs> that is, um, that's creative. Yes, I mean, well, I, I mean, I have to say, I'm. I mean, I'm criticizing. I thought you said Oklahoma, but Nebraska. no, I know no. Nebraska is very specific. I probably just like swung my finger around the map of the U.S and put it down in Nebraska. Because it was easier to say that you were going to Nebraska than to Well, you don't want to tell the... someone that when you're a kid and there's a grown-up, you don't want to tell them the truth, which is like, I really don't want to do this. Right. Right? It's scary. Well, why can't... I mean, there's so many... Th- you could say another opportunity has just arisen. Oh, and but it wasn't. I, can't... I just didn't like the person who was like offering me the job. I didn't but want to you, work for But them. you don't have to say that. <laughs> well, you... This is a logical grown-up thing to do when you're 17 and you're terrified. You just blurt out the first yeah. thing that comes to mind, which well, is that's Nebraska. What really is happening here. Right, except this is a grown-up. This is a person who's going to be like a construction manager who presumably like has had jobs Yeah, this before. is an abomination. Yes. This okay, is... so nope to me for the Nebraska. Yeah, that was terrible. That was a bad <laughs> okay, But move. I forgive myself. But nope to all of these millennials, Gen Zs who can't figure out how to turn down a job. Get your shit together. Get your shit together and be happy mm-hmm. that you're getting a job offer. Or maybe people should just be able to use the Nebraska card. I think that should just become shorthand, right? Yeah. You just say oh, Nebraska in a sentence. That's like, it's not you, it's me. Right, right. Just say Nebraska. Yeah, I've been looking at brochures for holidays in Nebraska. Nebraska. And that's and all the meaning is there. You don't even have to explain any further. They're just like, got it, Nebraska. I got Nebraska. Roger. If I got ghosted, I got Nebraska. Yeah. Shut it down. No. Nope. Just stop this. Okay. That is enough. Nope. I have a headache from all these. Well, Lauren wants to talk about bowls. Oh, that's right. I forgot. We have one more. No. I really need to. I do have a headache, and yet I have room for bowls. Okay. So. As I know, you both adore salads. 
Salads. Well, we love salads, yes. but we hate when they go awry. Well, who would like a salad that's gone awry? Right. They, However, they stop chopping them. There's all kinds of yeah, things. They have salmonella. Okay. But then there's this poor cousin to the beautiful, juicy, crunchy salad, which is the bowl. The bowl which are is everywhere. overtaking society. If there's you, no more plates even being made there's no anymore. Plates, no. There's no salads. There's just bowls. It's all curved. And they all have quinoa. <laughs> they all have quinoa. Right. And everywhere, yeah, everywhere I walk, I. Businesses are going out and then cropping up are just bowl places. Right. And, and they'll have the sign outside. Like there's roasted, bowl. which presumably because mean? of the name, they have like roasted foods. But then they also have raw bowls. Yes, but bowl doesn't even – right. If you walk by and it just says we have bowls, it doesn't even mean anything. And bowl's a format. It's a, it's a format. It's, <laughs> it's not a conveyance. A, it's not the content. And the things in it are often mushy. But I got very depressed the other day when I, we were driving from one – we went to a Dunkin' Donuts and – I like to get, you know, a bear claw or a glazed donut. Yeah. Who Dunkin' Donuts that? is now in on the bowl game. Oh, so there's Dunkin' Donuts bowls? Dunkin' Donuts has gotten in on bowls. And no, now, no, no, no. Yeah, they yeah. need to stay in their lane. And no. now Taco Bell is experimenting with bowls. They have this experimental bowl that they have in only <laughs> in Cleveland. <laughs> it's in the beta. <laughs> yes, the avocado ranch bowl. Oh. Which has avocados. It has chili pepper. It has is- chips. It has guac. I think it has chicken. But if you see a picture of it, it's not even a bowl. It's they couldn't even figure out how to make the It's like vessel. in that like oblong platter thing. It's in the like the oblong sort of hospital cafeteria. The, oh, like a bento plate. A bento tray. Exactly. So it's just stuff scooped in to a tray. It sounds like nachos on a tray. It's nachos on a but it's I suppose it's supposed to nachos. be <laughs> So there's this lie out there that bowls are healthier because there's no bread allowed. First of all, that is so backwards. And then second of all, I been really troubled by the bowl mania and so i asked my tweeter twitter friends what is up with bowls does anyone want to step up and admit to being a bowl lover and the answers i got were not at all illuminating they were very disturbing one was answers did you get (laughs) fun to eat dash helps delay the existential void wait how are they fun to eat in what sense is it fun two i enjoy unsorted food Oh, so like they mushed it. But that's a salad that's equally... A salad is so much more satisfying than a bowl. Especially a chopped salad. Yeah. I prefer the shape of a bowl over that of a plate. (laughs) So I feel like it makes everything taste better. And I prefer the scooping action. Oh, Oh, no. These are not defensible reasons. Also equally applicable to salads. Yes, but at least in a salad, you have some nice fresh lettuce and you have a little crunch. Well, salad is a defined thing. It's describing like what's in the container. That's right. That's saying like, what are you reading now? You're like something in a bound, <laughs> a bound format. A bound format. Yes. Bound paper. <laughs> what are you reading? A bound paper. A bowl could be anything. Is it a pokey bowl? Is it a roast bowl? Is it? No. It's... It could be a bowl. A miso soup. Cheerios. <laughs> it <could be> <laughs> Cheerios. No, don't say you're eating a bowl. No. What you... Hey, what are you doing for lunch? I thought I might go get a bowl. Fuck you. You know who has the bowls? The people who get the fives. They're all eating bowls. They're all eating. Oh, definitely. What's there. a five? On the dating app. Oh, those <laughs> the worst. They, they're all, they're all in the room. Having sex in, in bowls. Procreating, eating bowls. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Shut this down. Thank you for sharing that, but that is absolutely <laughs> that terrible. That is terrible. Taco Bell. No. Don't do it. No, Taco Bell, no. And Dunkin' stop. Donuts especially. <laughs> oh. Like, stay in your lane. Or Dunkin' now. Dunkin', they changed right. their name. Those egg white things are doing an abomination also. Like, you don't go to Dunkin' for an, an egg white whatever. Although the Starbucks ones are delicious. Those egg sous vides. 
Oh, I don't know. They're fantastic. I highly Uh-oh. recommend them, especially when you order them on the app. Okay. We're done with our notes. Oh, Rachel. things ordered on apps are delicious. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. extra delicious, <laughs> especially when it's your lover. The egg white? No, <laughs> like things you order on apps. Oh, you're five. Right, you're right, five. Right, when you yeah. are, you're five. Sorry, that was creepy. Uh, um, <laughs> Rachel, let's move on to our yups. Who's, we have one yup we today. We have one yup today. Our yup is Lauren. We are delighted that you gave us another chance after what <laughs> oh, last time. Like maybe we need to clarify that. Right, yeah. right. As not, as we were, we like to say, like, as covered in Forbes, in, as mentioned in Forbes. As and omitted age, on as the cutting floor. <laughs> okay. Yes, I was a guest. Go I was going to say a guest story. star, but I wasn't, I was, I was a guest. I was a humble guest. As were many people. There was a cheese fluencer. On our, on our live show. On the live show. It was fantastic. Right here. It was a big party. There was a cheese fluencer. There was also a fabulous actress reading the Jeff Bezos love text. Oh, Glace Chase. Glace yeah. Chase. Amazing. Yeah. I, I get that I could not live up to that. <laughs> and then good, right? there was me talking about something boring. I remember I was talking about how people kept canceling lunch plans on me and then insisting on making plans again and canceling again. Right. Anyway, I got canceled. It was a good story. I, it was all right. I lived through it, but I'm back. Okay. Welcome back. I'm so happy. This is we're your just, triumphant return. We're so delighted you're here. So let's talk about how could she, and I just, I want to say that I'm the slowest reader on earth, but I devoured this book in a couple of days and it was such a delight. So the book focuses on these three 30 something women who knew each other from Canada and then they come to New York and they're navigating the media world with hey, varying. They're from hmm. Canada. You they're say from, like, it's like, not like they know each other from summer camp. It's no, not like they went on like a teen tour. They, they're from Canada. They're all yes. from Canada and they yes. work together in Canada. Now they're in New York. And you know, how did you come up with this idea? The idea came from a very separate place where I was writing young adult fiction and I was initially writing comic young adult fiction and the young adult fiction readers weren't really interested in comedies and wanted vampire stories and I wrote a story or a full book about trafficked fortune teller girls who are, anyway, long story (laughs) short, meanwhile, my best friend just, she didn't even ghost me, she just disposed of me and I was completely gutted and I was obsessing over women and my friends and the ways that we hurt each other and I sort of on the side just started writing a story about the kinds of people who I know yeah yeah women who it's always the best material right I guess yeah women who you know once were peers and then suddenly find themselves in very different stations and have to pretend that everything is still the same and okay and they still have a lot in common when in fact they want to kill each other right there's like a a corridor separating you oh so many corridors so many (laughs) corridors and you don't even all you want is an open floor plan (laughs) and you don't even know that it happened and one day it's like everything I used to like about this person I now find annoying And they feel the same way about me. And I think you put it very eloquently in that piece you wrote for the New York Times about friendships that end. Um, And I I just, I didn't realize that it was connected and was such a source of inspiration for this book, but it makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, and I obviously related to the podcasting. Yes. Podcasting is a huge, (laughs) yes. When I started working on the book, which is many, many years ago, podcasting was this very niche, strange 
obsession nascent, of mine. I bet you didn't even, did you, when did you start podcasting? Like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I might not record shows, but I live La Vida podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. yes, I worked that into the book. And as it so happens when you, it takes forever to finish something, luckily the world of podcasting has exploded and so now people know what they are and people care when there's even a b plot about that that becomes oh, like fascinating to thank people, goodness right, right yes you've hit it right at the moment of like the podcast so where does the podcast come into the plot so one of the women who when they're all in their 30s at the, the, the modern the, the present tense part of the story has been written off as the left behind sad sack delusional Wonderful woman who just didn't quite get the memos, the life memos that would establish her in the place where maybe she deserves to be. Geraldine. Geraldine. And Geraldine is unable to reinvent herself through the traditional means. of She's unable to go to a job interview, get a job offer, not ghost the employer, (laughs) and end up where she wants to be. So she, you know, through lack of any other possibilities, starts podcasting. And guess as a, as what? A, in a moment of desperate, in a moment of desperate, play yes. for attention. <laughs> and guess what? Um, it works out. Oh, yeah. just like us. Just like us. I felt like I could really identify with Geraldine, and except I'm not Canadian, but I, I felt <laughs> but like you're I, tall. I'm tall, and I you're feel beautiful. Like, you're, oh. you know, um, this, do you ever do you ever shop in secondhand stores? No, no. I never really did. <laughs> do you that. like musical theater? I do. Okay, I there do. You know, Geraldine, so there were a lot Geraldine of, adjacent. There were a lot. Of, like I would be the Geraldine, I think for sure. Yes, like, yeah. and Brian would be the. I don't know. Well, what do you think? I'm going to ask Rachel. The Sunny. Oh, of course you'd be the sunny. You are the it girl watercolor artist. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. you're insufferable, and yet I want to be close to you. What more can I ask for? I have achieved my goals. I'm exiting stage left. Can I just say, what you, when you just said I haven't finished it, that reminded me of this moment recently. I'm not very gross. Like, I can't read everything in oh, full before. I don't think Sarah okay. was someone I know just... Anyway, um, well, she reads the books. She reads the book. Oh, she doesn't? I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I will say, though, I had a hilarious conversation with a with an author a few months ago who had read my book and had really cool things to say about it. And I told him that I loved his book too. And then I, you know, deflected and I asked him, who would you cast in the movie of your book? And I was just trying to keep the conversation going and cover up for the fact that I hadn't read it. And he, you know, it was a book. It was about like these three old women. And he's, you know, so. <laughs> Which of the old women would you pick? <laughs> yeah. No, he, 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 he had, he, so he gave me two of the characters who he had cast. It was like Betty White and like, Dame oh, Judy Dent. Olympia yeah. Dukakis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he asked me who the third woman would be. Um, and then he said, or who would the, who would their daughter be? So I said, Laura Linney. I think she oh, would be great. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. And then he looked at me funny and said, but, uh, she's twat like, She's twelve. What are you talking about? She's so what? Twelve. Oh, yeah. Laura Lenny is. Oh, the no, daughter the character. Is yes, <laughs> the eighty-seven-year-old woman's daughter is twelve. In any event, I gave myself away. How, how would that? That's an unrealistic. That's a bad blog. Well, maybe it wasn't her blog. daughter. Maybe it was just the daughter, and I would understand. Right. Right. In any well, event. I think Laura Lenny could play any age. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, she is our finest living her. actress. She's our and, finest living twelve-year-old so, yeah. impersonator. So I think that was a great answer. I appreciate and that. He should just calm down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so also, I wanted to ask you about this. You have these great details in the book about these annoying people you meet at New York cocktail parties. Like there was an Icelandic yogurt impresario that made me laugh out loud. Uh, and that's such a nope. Um, where, like, where do those details come from? Do you like talk to people? It's and all write it down? fiction. Yeah. It's yes. Yeah. See, that's why you can write a book and we can't or I can't, right? My my imagination is not that good. No. Like I would have to base every character on someone I know and therefore alienate them and they would never speak to me again. But it's amazing that you can just come up with these like concepts. Like we all see the Icelandic Sego yogurt on the thing, but I would never think like who makes this? Right. Let me make up that person. Right. That's why you're a good I think he, actually that is made by a man named Sego <laughs> from Iceland. But my Sego from Iceland is totally made up. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> but thank you. Okay. Um so finally we as you mentioned we had a cheese influencer previously and you Lauren are you have a secret life as a clog yes. influencer. Clog, yes. like the shoes. Like the, the shoes. shoes. Like the Dutch Shoes. The ugly lumpen shoes. Yeah. She's our <laughs> premier clog influencer. So tell us about that. How did you fall into that line of work? Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't fall. I was tossed into that line of work. I was laid off. I had a very fancy magazine job. And then I didn't. It was I wasn't fired. It was what the the, the position is what eliminated. I, my we position eliminated. was eliminated. Yeah. I was eliminated. I was. I've had that happen to me around the same time as you. I yes, think. Yeah. yes, yes. So, in any event, as one you know makes lemonade, I um, got rid of my high heels and I decided, okay, well, the one thing I can do to make sense of this very strange, unexpected twist of fate is I'm going to buy clogs and then I'm going to suddenly look like one of those Brooklyn women of sort of dubious creative means and. That's going to be my new life. Okay. So I got so my clogs. crafting your own persona. I did. Persona. Well, or I just sort of, yeah. Fantasized I, about yes. doing that. <laughs> so I bought the clogs and I wrote an article about what clogs are, what clog ladies are. and clog lifestyle. Yes. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. The cloggerati. The cloggerati. Uh. <laughs> so I wrote this article for The New Yorker and I guess there are a lot of people who have been suddenly... Um, liberated from their, you know, shoes. their business cards and their <laughs> shoes. And so we've all banded together. The the Clog Life article has become a Clog Life Instagram account. Okay. Um, and I can't tell you who, but there are some very fun people who I interact with on oh, really? it. Really? Now, are you oh, going to yeah. get an influencer sponsorship deal or the Clog? I don't know who the Clog companies are. Okay. Are they going to sponsor you? Listen, Clogs. <laughs> so there must be a big, big clog. There must no. be a big clog industry. I will say nope. <laughs> there is nothing clog about sponsorship. Okay, we keep the, it real okay. in our bougie Brooklyn clog fantasy. All right. Okay. Well, well, there's a yup. That. There's That's a yup to keeping it real in the clog world. Right. Totally, totally. <laughs> Late stage capitalism. Shut down the clog influencers. Okay, this has been incredible. Lauren, thank you so much for being our guest thank here. You. One of our finest. One oh, of our I finest. can't wait to hear this. And I can't wait to go back to lying in bed and listening to you guys oh. every was it Thursday morning. Thursday, Thursday morning. Morning. yeah. We're so um, honored that you listen to us. This is just thank you. It's such been a, delight. a terrible, terrible week, but an honor to have you. And it's been a great, fun podcast to record. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. We got a great review that we tweeted out that Someone said amazing things about it. I doubt. Yes. I don't know if they're true, but like, who you is bring this? Joy to someone's life. Herman, I, know, I love I you. you. Right, exactly. <laughs> I read that. I think that went viral in our small Twitter circle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I ask you? Do the podcast readers do they ever give you a point star? 
in their write up, and then so they'll say three point five or. Or four point like five stars. Have, they, you can have you can only you have can, like an integer, but then you, they can qualify it by saying I gave you three, but it's really a three point five. I'm wondering, does they it do happen? that on Yelp? They do that. I would have given you a three point five, but they only let me give you three. No, that doesn't happen. That's no. never happened. Did that happen to you with your book? It does happen in the book world. Yes, that but, is so offensive. Which is so fine. Mean. That's fine. But then round up. That's yes, my yes. round you know, up. If you're gonna, right. if no. you're gonna qualify. But the nice thing is, but yeah. except for a few blips, we've always been at five stars. Please help keep us that way if yeah. you enjoy this podcast. If you don't, just don't. Just don't. It all don't comes listen. back to don't five. Listen. You guys are five. We want to be five. We want to be, be locked in a room with each other <laughs> and balls <laughs> and procreate. Ooh, no, we're cousins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common. We can talk about nothing. Shoot the shit. We got shit to shoot.